and welcome everybody to episode 20. Wow, 20 episodes of the Regression to the Mean podcast. That is incredible. This is a big milestone for us. And what better way to celebrate it than talking about Thursday night football, our favorite matchups of the week, and our perfect lineup predictions with none other than Keegan Thompson. Keegan, how are we doing, man? Happy Sean. Thursday, Friday, Junior. How are you Friday. doing, dude? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, good Thursday night football game in terms of fantasy for me. So I'm pretty happy right now. And I'm recording, so couldn't be in a better mood. Yeah, you just mainlined that Dallas Goddard performance. <laughs> you seem yeah. pretty pretty juiced about it. You see, <laughs> exactly. You, I mean, you are the Hurts Goddard handcuff in the league that we play in. So yep, that's yep. pretty cool. That's pretty Super cool. cool. Good for you. Good for you. Thank you so much. It Keegan, was all that hard work I did. Yeah, all yeah. You you really <laughs> you you put the players in the right position to succeed. Good job, Keegan. You you really you, psyched them up. They knew. Uh, that your team needed a little pick-me-up. Also, Keegan has done a little interior decorating. You can't see it because uh, we we don't have video yet because my, my background sucks. But Keegan has a pretty cool background. He's got some records. He's He's got a cow skull. Yeah, uh, some cool cow skull. Going wow. Some Western vibes in here, Sean. Wow. Wow, that's my pretty cool. Is, uh, one step closer to being the ultimate podcast recording room. Yeah, that's that's, sure. that's really cool. I'm I'm jealous, so I'm gonna have to step my game up. Right, and I got and it I, from our sponsors. Oh, oh, from oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, from our sponsors. Um, yeah, down the road, down the road. It was an awesome Thursday night game. Wasn't super close, but AJ Brown catches a touchdown. Dallas Goddard plays well. Jalen Hurts gets over twenty standard fantasy points. On the flip side, everyone that started Chris Moore is having a good day. <laughs> Not even going to pretend to pronounce the uh, tight end for the uh, Texans that caught a touchdown. Tarantino. <laughs> yes, Tarantino. Uh, he took a break from filming whatever next movie he's looking at. And we also had a kind of a coming out party for Damian Pierce on the national stage. I think a lot of people for the first time got to watch Damian Pierce. And he had an absolutely incredible game. And he only scored 14 fantasy points. <laughs> he had, he had some angry runs yeah, tonight. He had a, but you know, you live and die by the PPR sword sometimes. And Damian Pierce has an incredible game, but he'll probably uh, have his point total doubled by Austin Eckler <laughs> because Eckler yeah. will catch the ball 10 times. Damian Pierce went over 140 rushing yards and he, uh, he did not score a touchdown. He did not have a catch, but he only he outscored Kenny Gainwell by 1.1 points. He looks 1. great. 1. I mean, he looks great. I, a lot of people that didn't draft Damian Pierce were hopping on the bandwagon saying this guy stinks. Uh, he does not stink. Damian Pierce is a dog. Dog. He runs angry. He's he's a really good running back. I mean, what what what, he, what I don't know what else we could say. He's got great balance, great vision. He's you know really hard to bring down, and. He's been a bright spot in the NFL this season. Everyone that drafted him in the eighth round, tenth round is feeling good. The Texans line didn't look that bad tonight. And that's a good like front for the Eagles defense. Uh, yeah, it looks pretty good. I mean, Damian Pierce also has a knack for finding holes that don't appear to be yeah. there. But I would say the line performed pretty pretty well tonight. They have a pretty good offensive line. 
The Texans quarterback situation is pretty bleak. Davis Mills is not a starter. Yeah, you know, he I, looked pretty good for the first half of the game, all the way up until he threw that interception. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. He, he's he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he's like a bust or he's bad by any means, but I, I'm not really seeing it. Maybe you could bring in better receivers. You know, he played this game without Brandon Cooks. I don't think the Texans will be playing a lot of games with Brandon Cooks moving forward. Yeah. Um, and that actually brings up a good segue here and into what was a really exciting NFL trade deadline. Usually NFL trade deadlines like wake me up. It's like the uh, Squidward meme where it's like, you're sleeping on me and he just won't open his eyes. That's typically how I approach the NFL trade deadline. Different than the NBA trade deadline, which is super active. Teams are buying and selling. You saw this. It was pretty cool. Um, I kind of... I kind of want to get your thoughts on it. It was pretty enjoyable to get Schefter bombs. We're not, we're not used to getting those uh, in the NFL. Yeah. It just seemed like if it was quiet on the front, like in the, cause the first thing that happens is the James Robinson trade to the Jets and it kind of goes quiet over the weekend. And then when the trade deadline day hit, it was like, boom, one after the boom. Um, you saw CM, CMC gets dealt. Oh, yep. CMC, right. obviously. You had that James Robinson trade, which was super interesting after Brees got her. We had the CMC trade, of course, which was a huge bombshell, uh, kind of an all-in move. And then kind of fireworks all through the day. You know, Bradley Chubb and Roquan Smith get traded, respectively, to the Dolphins and the Ravens, which, you know, doesn't have a huge impact, say, for fantasy, but makes those defenses better. It makes you think about those teams differently. And then you had some, had some pretty big ones, man. I mean... The strange head scratcher was the Calvin Ridley trade. Yeah, he's not really <laughs> playing. Uh, I think that was a great gamble by the uh, by the Jaguars. It was a, it was a calculated gamble. So we'll see how that uh, we'll see how that gamble um, was uh, it a gamble. It was, it was a bit of a gamble because he's not <laughs> okay. playing and he's not uh, actually reinstated by the NFL. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you have the ones that are immediately going to impact us for fantasy, right? So I think Chase Claypool. Getting traded to the Bears was super interesting. You have TJ Hawkinson getting traded to the Minnesota Vikings. An in-division trade. Yeah, trade. yeah what? A, little, a little spicy. Uh, you have Naeem Hines getting traded to the Bills, which is uh, kind of a smaller one, but it's still pretty interesting nonetheless. I like that one. Yeah, and then you have Jeff Wilson getting traded to the Dolphins, basically to San Francisco East. West Coast, yeah, or yeah East Coast Niners. East Coast Niners. Uh, so that one was super interesting. I'm excited for him. Chase Edmonds gets dealt to the Broncos. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of just like a, hey, take this. We don't want this trade. <laughs> interesting. You know, Mike Boone got hurt. A lot of people were on their eyes, but maybe, you know, Edmonds change of scenery. Kind of crazy that they were able to get off that contract so fast. Miami cut ties these were this is this your king uh was that me they, yeah. they were pretty over it but i think really the biggest trade for fantasy if i had to pick one i mean what do you think do you think the clay trade be the naheem hines okay, trade hines in terms trade. of immediate fantasy impact and it's because buffalo's wanted a player like yeah. this for some time now i mean they wanted jd mckissick in this offense and doesn't sign there. I mean, they drafted James Cook to try and be this pass-catching role. Like, they obviously want to incorporate some type of pass-catching back into their offensive scheme, and and now they get one. Yeah. 
they they want to run screens and they want to be able to be in you know run past situations that aren't as obvious and having a running back who is a really talented receiver in Naeem Hines allows them to do that I totally agree that one's a little bit more under the radar but you and I kind of have a thing for backup running backs so of course we're, <laughs> yeah. gonna, we're gonna jump the opportunity that zero RB itch um that, yeah. what what to the moon to the moon I, my Naeem Hines shares let's go uh I that is an exciting trade I think I talked up James Cook on our last episode. James Cook, RIP, your 2022 season. I don't really see you get on the yeah, field much. That sucks. Naeem Hines is, you know, this might sound a little blasphemous, but he's kind of like a Bud Light Christian McCaffrey, you know, like real dollar store Christian McCaffrey. We're going to take that, though. If you took him in like the 10th round and you held on to him all season, Naeem Hines, I think, should be rostered in all leagues. I don't know if you're going to be starting him this week against the Jets. But this is a player that I think as the season goes along, you know, we saw Devin Singletary. This affects the most on the the Bills. I think this is bad news for Isaiah McKenzie the most. Or all the slot guys. Yeah. McKenzie, Shakir, Crowder. I think Dawson Knox could get impacted a little bit. I don't see this really hurting Gabe Davis. I don't really see this hurting Steph Diggs. Um, Of course not. I I think, you know, Singletary's role is still solidified in what he'll do, but. You know what's crazy is Naeem Hines is actually taller than Devin Singletary. <laughs> if you look at it, uh, I think Hines is 5'9". We think of him as this like tiny scat back. And Devin Singletary is like 5'7". Um, I don't think it would be like that insane if by the end of the year, if Naeem Hines was like the 1A. Like I really would not be that shocked. I know that wow. a lot okay. could happen. I think Devin Singletary has his thumper role that he'll continue to play, but... This team's going to play the players that have the most juice, and, and Heinz has juice. So I think that's a great trade. I think the Claypool trade is really cool. You're seeing the Bears kind of put a little bit more trust in the development of Justin Fields. The beginning of the season, it was like, we're basically going to punt on any school position players or offensive linemen that can help us evaluate Justin Fields. What's interesting is, is they've gotten a lot out of their poor skill position group and their offensive line because I think they have a good head coach and Matt Eberflus and their offensive coordinator started to scheme up plays for Fields and Fields looks like he's starting to get it and I think it's cool to see another player in Chase Claypool who has these insane measurables right and he's like 6-4 runs a 4-4 all these Steeler fans on Twitter swear he was the next coming of Calvin Johnson he kind of has that athletic profile I'm not saying he's Calvin Johnson where does Chase Claypool win you know, they put him in slot, get him on these crossers over the middle of the field, get him with a flight of steam. But at the end of the day, you know, these are targets that Dante Pettis and Equinemius St. Brown were getting, and Chase Claypool mm-hmm. is much better than those dudes. So I think this is a win for yeah. Justin Fields. I don't, I don't know if this skyrockets Chase Claypool's value. I think it's probably more of a consistent start. I think his volume week to week could be more consistent. He was seeing an 18% target share with the Steelers. I could see him maybe jump it up into that 20 range. But I think this is just better for Justin Fields and his season-long and dynasty outlook. What, what's your take yeah. on the Claypool trade? How do you think it affects the Steelers? Well, before I say that, I think it it means, like, the Bears believe in Fields to go out and get somebody like this. And, you know, people don't really like Chase Claypool. I know that because of some of his antics. He also called himself a top three wide receiver in the league. He's just a meme. Season. He's a meme. But, you know, like Claypool's like, kind of a, he like had to pile on. What, what was that, like 12 or 13 touchdowns in 17 games? 11 like, as, as a rookie. rookie. Yeah. yeah. 11 as I a mean, rookie. 
So I think it's good for Fields, like you said. And then for the Steelers, like, it's so funny that Chase Claypool announced the draft pick that would actually replace, like, quite Pickens, literally, yeah. like, a Pickens, yeah. So, I mean, this is great for Pickens' stock. Um, I don't know what to say about Deontay Johnson and how this affects him until he starts playing well, but I think this is just incredibly, or, like, how should I say this? Like, George Pickens is going to fuck for the rest of the year, for lack of better words. Like... I think this is a great sign for him. And I know they've had yeah. a really bad schedule with Kenny Pickett, like his first couple of games, but it gets much easier for them. Yeah, that was the Pick- meme. You know, the meme where the guy's sweating and he has to choose the buttons. And it was like, should I just say that this is good for George Pickens or should I say that George Pickens is going to start fornicating? I'm going to pick the <laughs> yeah. fornicating option. Good, good choice uh, for this podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's big for Pat Fryermuth. I, I think Muth is is going to be able to get more targets. He's been a good tight end. He's like probably top eight, top nine tight end. I could see him being a weekly top five tight end moving forward. Deontay Johnson's get gets a ton of targets. I don't really see this helping him until his ADOT improves. He has like a four-yard ADOT, so it's hard for him to really do anything, regardless of the fact he gets 12 targets a game. That's That offense stinks. We've talked enough. Matt Cannon, the whole offense is in jail. Chase, you actually get to leave jail. You're no longer on the Steelers. Yeah, so by association. You, you're, you're out. You're no longer guilty by association. Good job, dude. Uh, way, way to go. Outside of the Claypool trade, TJ Hawkinson, uh, who, you know, is affectionately known as TJ Hawkinson, um, in, some, in some circles, shout out Shane McPherson, longtime listener. TJ Hawkinson is now going to the Minnesota Vikings. Irv Smith has a really bad high ankle sprain, the, tight end, the, the old tight end for the Vikings. Um, and he's going to be out for, I think, like 8 to 12 weeks. So he's pro- his season's probably yeah. done for, for the second year in a row. And makes sense why they would make this trade for Hawkinson. How do you think this impacts Hawkinson's fantasy value? I mean, it's not going to eat into Justin Jefferson's work, right? I don't really I don't see know how much of a boost this has for Hawkinson's, like, like a, especially immediately. Um, but Hawkinson was already a pretty decent tight end play. Um, he's actually going to have to compete for more targets in this offense. Um, obviously it's a better run offense than Detroit. Uh, I, I feel like it's going to keep him at about the same production with maybe one or two more opportunities to have kind of like a spike tight end week, but mm. this is, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, but this is definitely a, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown situation. Here. Who's going to catch the ball on the Lions now? DeAndre Swift's banged up. Josh Reynolds is banged up. DJ Chargy's out. TJ Hawkinson and his 17% target share is gone. Like, is ARSB a weekly top eight play now? I mean, I, he, he's been banged up. He did have a little bit of a resurgence last week, but we still haven't seen him hit his ceiling like we did the first couple of weeks of the year before his ankle injury. Do you, he's going to get 20 targets a game. You think, you think he's the back, only reasonable he's option, right? I, I don't see a world where he's not a weekly top five wideout now. I, maybe the injuries are going to hurt. I don't. ARSB is going to feast from this deal, dude. I, I, oh, yeah. I feel pretty confident about it. Um, another person, and we, we don't have to spend too much time, Dion Jackson. So Naeem Hines Hell is yeah, out. yeah, Dion. Yeah, our guy, a uh, friend of the pod, Dion Jackson. Um, <laughs> Dion Jackson is now going to basically play that pass-catching role for Naeem Hines with John Taylor's healthy. And now John the Taylor is trending towards not playing this week. So immediately, if you ran to the wires, got Deion Jackson, you, you could start Deion right now, which is pretty crazy to think. So Deion Jackson, 
That's did not expect him to be a winner of the deadline, but here he is. And that is Keegan's probably best suggestion so far of the season. That was and like, it, yeah, too deep cut, deep cut. That was man. a deep cut, deep, deep cut. cut. It's good. Good for you, Keegan. You put that Thank on you your, so much. Put that on your resume. You can hang that up next to your skull on the wall. We'll, we'll frame it. We'll, I'll put we'll it on my LinkedIn you, tomorrow. Yeah. Put it on your LinkedIn. That's what we need. We need more people posting on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> and then lastly, a big winner is Jeff Wilson. So I think this is great. If you're a Jeff Wilson owner, like you have to be ecstatic. Like you held on to him even after the Christian McCaffrey trade. And now he plays in an offense run by Mike McDaniel that he will like most trades. It's like the Hawkins said, I'm not going to start him this week. He's going to take a little bit while to get ramped up. Maybe not start Claypool, but Jeff Wilson is going to be very familiar with a lot of that scheme they run in Miami. And like, will he have a huge outing this week? I don't know, but he is going to be very playable. And Raheem Mostert is not does not have the cleanest bill of health no. in his career. I mean, this no. could be huge for Jeff Wilson and with fantasy. I think this is a great football trade for the Dolphins. I don't think this is a team that wants to give Raheem Mostert 20 carries a game until it's the playoffs, right? You want to keep him fresh. You don't want to run him into a brick wall. This is a guy who barely could stay on the field. He's barely been able to stay on the field his whole entire career outside of 2019. So I think this makes a ton of sense to bring in Wilson. He's a great compliment to Mostert. We've seen them in the same backfield before and be really efficient. And yeah, I don't know if I'm starting Wilson this week. He's more of a stash in case you know anything happens to Mostert. But I think there are going to be some weeks where it's like a hot hand, 50-50 split, and both could be viable. So I think this is a big win for Wilson. So of course we have to highlight some backup running backs because uh, that's that's what we do here on the uh, regression the of the game, podcast. Baby. As, uh, people that are always just looking for their uh, lottery ticket. That's what backup running backs do. But it was a great trade deadline. It was super fun to follow. Some some interesting ones, some teams that didn't get involved that we thought we would, like the Packers, maybe the Cowboys. Brandon Cooks didn't get traded. So some some interesting ones for sure. So we'll keep an eye on it for the rest of the year. But overall, it was a fun. It was fun. It was a fun deadline. It was a fun deadline. But I think it's a great time for us to segue into our favorite matchups of the week. Okay, so. For our first-time listeners of our Thursday episode, Keegan Thompson, who is an expert, full-blown expert, he's always in all 22. He knows every <laughs> single formation. No, no, no. But Keegan has uh, so graciously picked three of his favorite matchups for our Sunday slate. So what Keegan's trying to do is trying to highlight games that he thinks will be fantasy-friendly. So do both these defenses suck? Is one offense going to be able to exploit the disadvantage with the defense? Like, is one tight end just go off against a specific defense, right? Keegan also is going to be able to tell us, you know, what are the over-unders for this game? What are the implied totals? What kind of pace should we expect? And he's going to give us kind of a, a sneak peek into what he thinks the three fantasy-friendly matchups look like for week nine of the NFL season. So, Keegan... What do you have for us? What's your favorite matchup this week for fantasy? We are going to start with the Chargers at the Falcons this Arthur, week. Arthur, baby! Arthur! First week out of jail, and we're already talking about him as coaching a favorite match of ours in fantasy. Artie, my guy. <laughs> so I am obviously thrilled to talk about this one. Um, we'll start with uh, game total, 49 and a half uh, by Vegas. So lots of points to be scored according to Vegas here. Um, Atlanta is 26 in rush DVOA and 30th in pass DVOA. So this should be a huge game for the Chargers offense, and especially Austin Eckler. 
Um, I think Justin Herbert and hopefully Joe Lombardi allows him with a good scheme to to get right in this game and have one of those like classic, I don't want to call it classic because it's not like he's a veteran yet, but you know what I mean? Like one of those really strong Justin Herbert performances that we've been lacking over the past couple of weeks. Um, he will be down some pass catchers this week. I don't know if Mike Williams is going to play, or I mean, obviously Mike Williams is not going to play. I don't know if Keenan Allen's going to play. So you're looking at Andre Carter, Josh Palmer, and Gerald Everett leading the way. But and I Austin, think Austin Austin Eckler. And Austin Eckler, of course, Eckler. yes. Yeah. Um, but Austin Eckler here is like the, he's going to just like 30 point outing. Probably. Probably. I guess. Like without a doubt. Yeah. That's what Um, he's been doing. So I think this defense from Atlanta is just so bad. Um, and they still have some injuries like no AJ Terrell. I think it's a really good opportunity for Justin Herbert to get right. Um, on the other side of the ball for the Falcons, this is a really good matchup for them too. Um, the Chargers rate 23rd in rush DVOA. So like bottom half of the league and running or against the run. And we know Arthur Smith loves to run the ball sometimes to a fault of fantasy Too much. Managers. Too much. Yeah. Come on, Arthur. Um, they, I believe, should have CPAT back. That's Cordero Patterson. Um, I heard Damian Williams might be back too, dude. So they are going to have a it's full Arthur Smith. It's Arthur, Arthur Smith's S- wet dream. It's, He's got it's his wet dream for sure. It's the best. And he can have Kyle Pitts and Drake London lead blocking. It's it's going to be amazing for Artie. And speaking of Kyle Pitts and Drake London, because the Chargers have such a like high implied total with about 26 and a half points this week, I do think that there's going to be negative game script for the Falcons. And we saw it last week where they were down and they had to pass the ball. So... Not only does the rush game have a good opportunity to get right here, they might be forced to pass the ball. If Arthur Smith wants to win this game, they're going to have to keep up with the Chargers a bit here, um, and they're going to have to do so through the air. Uh, they're about three-and-a-half-point favorites, the Chargers are, so Arthur's going to have to get Mr. Pitts and Mr. London the ball. And it's in a dome, too. So I expect points. I expect points in this one, and yeah, the Chargers have a superhuman quarterback that hopefully his offensive coordinator doesn't get in his way. And the Falcons have a terrible secondary. So Justin Herbert should be able to exploit that. And the Falcons have a coach who is hell-bent on establishing the run. And if there's any team in the league to establish the run against, it's the Chargers. So we're looking at a high point affair. Hopefully two offensive coordinators that are going to at least try and call some big plays. We see points. And we see games where like Tyler Algier plays well, Kyle Pitts plays well, Drake London getting on the board. On the reverse side, a big Austin Eckler week, Justin Herbert. Maybe, you know, you stream DeAndre Carter and he has a nice week, Josh Palmer and Gerald Everett. So yeah, I like this matchup, Keegan. And I think things that could stop this from happening is it just becomes super run heavy and the offenses just get clogged up. You know, my worst nightmare is Atlanta gets out to a lead. In this game, yeah, yeah, but their defense, my worst nightmare. Their defense just made PJ Walker look like Aaron Rodgers. So I, I, I'm feeling pretty good about this, even with Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator of the Chargers, who sees uh, two high safeties and and crumbles. (laughs) But yes, yes, okay. So what do you have for your second matchup this week? This one um, is a little bit different because it's not as high as projected total, but it's Vikings and Commanders. Um, I think it's 43 and a half implied total. I pushed for this one. So before anyone this blames seems, yeah. Keegan, I said, I like this game. He was like, dude, I don't want to talk about this game. I was like, Keegan, I like this game. Okay. 
but we could talk about why we like it, Sean. So this is a good game for Vikings pass catchers, especially Washington 28th and pass DVOA. Very, very bottom of the league in defending the pass. But sets up uh, Kirk Cousins as a nice play at quarterback this week. It also sets up Justin Jefferson for a big week. Could be a good Adam Thielen week to stream if you're thinking about some bench decisions there. Um, and Minnesota is actually ninth in the league and team scoring yeah. on average. So they're averaging like 24 points a game. So there's definitely points to be had from the Minnesota. The and they the still ball. haven't even put it together, right? Like we still haven't seen that crazy 45 point week. They just scored five touchdowns at the Cardinals last week. And it was like, eh. like yeah, they did yeah. fine. We're kind of waiting for a huge spike week. This could be it. Uh, also the Manders, uh, that's commanders for anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking Salute. about. Um, Left hand up. Who are we? The commanders. Okay, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, the Manders allow the six most fantasy points a game to QBs this year. Um, so, like I said, good news for Kirk Cousins. And then on the other side of the ball for Washington, um, Sean pointed it out to me, but Vikings rank dead last in DVOA against number one wideouts. Hello, Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry, baby. We're going to be talking about him a little bit later in our start-sit section. This is a good, scary, Terry week. I think it's the 11th worst pass DVOA overall. So maybe Heineke can go out there and play some hero ball. We'll get some Curtis Samuel action out of there too. Um, and we'll see some stuff move through the air. I think something too to keep in mind is that the Vikings right now average the seventh most combined plays per game. And they're producing the fifth most total points per game at over 50 points in the last month. So the Vikings have a good offense, and they play fast. Their defense isn't that good. And maybe teams that play a little bit slower like the Commanders, which is kind of our fear. Like, what if the Commanders come out and play super slow, try and establish the run? You know, maybe, the, you know, Heineke sucks, right? And this became game kind of becomes a blowout, whatever. But I think that the Vikings are going to be able to coax a faster play style out of the Washington football team, the Manders, Commanders, left hand up. So I, yeah. I think that they're going to be able to match with this Vikings defense. And even if it's a situation where the Vikings go up in this game, I think the commanders have the ability to at least try and score some points and, and catch up. So that's why I think this is a fantasy friendly matchup. But again, you're betting on Taylor Heineke and Kirk Cousins here. So let's, yep. let's temper expectations a bit. And then the downside of this, obviously, is um, Washington has a really good defensive front um, and number two in rush DVOA this year. So it's... It could be a tough sliding game for Dalvin, for Dalvin Cook and, and Madison this week, correct, on the Minnesota rush but, game. But we um, love that. We we actually love that because if it forces them to pass more, he's more plays, faster pace, more See, Justin there's always Jefferson, a positive spin. More TJ Hawkinson, more Adam Thielen, um, maybe KJ Osborne if feeling a little spicy. Uh, so I, I, I think, I just think this game, I, I think it scores over 43 and a half. I really do. And, and then for, you know, somebody like Antonio Gibson, where I don't think you want to bet on one of the runners like Brian Robinson, J.D. McKissick, and Antonio Gibson, like as two total rushing output, but because they will be passing to try and keep up in this game, it actually makes it a great start spot for Antonio Gibson, I think, this week. I probably would not be playing Brian Robinson, though. That's, that's I've that cut Brian Robinson. Say. I've cut him in multiple leagues now. I, <laughs> nothing against the man. Wish him the best of luck, but he, uh, we watched Damian Pierce run tonight, and uh, Brian Robinson is the exact opposite of that. If you watch <laughs> Damian Pierce tonight, okay, so that matchup seems pretty clear. The Vikings have a good offense, the 
commanders have a bad defense. The commanders have shown some life to Taylor Heineke, a quarterback. Could be a situation where the Vikings could jump out to a lead. The Manders are forced to play catch-up, play faster, score more points. We are a little afraid, though, because the two quarterbacks in this game are Taylor Heineke and Kirk Cousins. And you could look up, and Kirk Cousins has got piss running down his leg, and he's throwing three picks. <laughs> and Taylor Heineke's been sacked seven times, right? So they, they, it could happen, but I think there's enough stars in this game to propel it and, and make it a fantasy-friendly matchup. What is uh, your last matchup here? The last one that we want to deep dive into is the Packers at Detroit. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All the slow-paced Packers are going to be the, the defensive sieve that is the Detroit Lions. This is, a, this is an unstoppable force against an immovable object. <laughs> Hear me out, Sean. 49 and a half projected point total from Vegas. Rogers so loves, Rogers so loves beating up the Lions. He does. And it's um, Detroit ranks 32nd in pass DVOA and 30th in rush DVOA. Basically, they are god awful at defense. And if this is not the game that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers rush game gets right, then I don't know what to say. And mind you, Aaron Jones has been a good play this week, but I'm going to go back to the well that oh, no. is AJ Dillon. Oh, no. And say that this could be great for both Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Um, there was ever a spot, about, if there ever was a spot for right? AJ Dillon to get in the end zone, it, it, it this certainly feels like this week. It has to be. And like, I know the pace of the like Packers is very like slow this year, but I think that's great for AJ Dillon. We're talking long drives, extended drives. They'll actually get into the red zone, AJ Dillon, red zone opportunities, maybe something goal to go situation for him. I like it for both of these running backs. And we even mentioned Romeo Dobbs as. A potential pickup for a waiver wire this week. Gotta be. I think gotta be. That's in play this for this line, week as well, too. This secondary sucks. Like, yeah. if Dobbs was going to ever have another good game, I think it would be against the Lions. And Dobbs had a sick touchdown grab against the Bills. I think he might be earning trust back with Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, I, I think Dobbs is a great play this week. And then, you know, for the other side of this, this is an opportunity for the Detroit rush game to have a really good opportunity too. I mean, the Packers are 31st in rush DPOA. So, I mean, Swift, if healthy, Jamal, I have no idea, but this is a Jamal Williams. I game think Smith again. got a limited in today. You returned to practice, but the okay. quotes from Dan Campbell yesterday were a bummer. <laughs> they were like so bad. I we think like, we gave just, him what he said one too many. We gave snaps. him one. We gave him too many carries. We gave, we was out there. He wasn't <laughs> ready. It's like what is going on with this boy? He's not healing. Uh, yeah, it's not good. He's he's young. You think he'd be getting back from a shoulder and ankle injury, but you know it's it's tough. It's tough. And um, obviously, we mentioned a little talking about the T.J. Hawkins and trade, but no more honk. Some other banged up receivers, like twenty targets incoming for Amon Ross St. Brown. It has to be, right? I mean, the math checks out on it that. It certainly feels like an Amon Ross St. Brown game. I mean, it seems pretty chalk and pretty obvious, but is he even going to get the Jair shadow? Does Jair I go know. into the slot? I put that in the notes. I mean, I don't know if Amon Ross St. Brown, but... for our listeners that don't know, Amon Ross St. Brown is primarily a slot receiver. So Jair Alexander is a very talented corner for the Packers, but... Is it shadow coverage? Are they really going to bring Jair into the slot, or is Jair going to shadow on the outside with Josh Reynolds? I don't, I don't know. But either way, like, I just think volume is going to carry the day for ARSB. So if DeAndre Swift is healthy to play, yeah, oh, fire me up. Even if he's not healthy to play, he'll still score twelve points somehow. 
on like four <laughs> yeah. touches. And Jamal exactly. Williams is a fantasy god whenever Swift does play. So, and oh, Jamal Williams' revenge game. How did we forget? Oh my God, yeah. Former Packer Jamal Williams. Holy crap. Jamal Williams' revenge game, the originator of the free Aaron Jones movement, which was... I might have to just, adjust my perfect lineup projections. Yeah, you might have to adjust your, your <laughs> rankings. Yeah, I didn't have a revenge game in my rankings. Yeah, I, I, I think this is a solid game. I looked this up over the past three or four years. Rodgers has had like one 28-point game per season against the Lions. It's been like 28 or like 16, 18... I think if you have Rodgers, this is a good time to start him. And if the Packers don't wow, win people this still game, have Rodgers on their they, roster? That's yeah, crazy. they do. We, we, there's a strong contingency of people that are anti-vaxxers, too. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm empty um, I, I think this is just like the week for the Packers. If they, if they lose this game, that is brutal. But, you know, the Lions are hungry, and they've had some excruciating losses. And I think Dan Campbell might die on the sidelines if he doesn't get a dub soon. So yeah. I would not be that shocked if the Lions won this game, but come on, the Packers got to come out and win this game. It's just, it's, you got to get right. They've lost like three in a row. But outside of this matchup, again, which we have some of our reservations because the Packers do like to play slow and, you know, they have to that good on offense. Yeah. Um, I do think this is a fantasy-friendly matchup, so I think it's worth calling out. A matchup that I like is the Jaguars and the Raiders. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I think Vegas has this at a 47.5 um, implied total. I know the Jaguars haven't really been able to finish games, finish drives. The Raiders have been kind of a trade wreck, but neither of these defenses really inspire a ton of confidence. And I think in particular, Trevor Lawrence could have a really nice game. So if Trevor Lawrence has a nice game, that means I think Evan Ingram could have a nice game. I think that Christian Kirk can have a nice game. So vice versa, I don't really think see anyone on the Jaguars stopping the Raiders stars if they decide to show up and Derek Carr doesn't, you know, look like somebody just broke up with him. You know, the guy was just looked like he got dumped last game. <laughs> he was just bumped on the sidelines. So I, I, I like this game. I think it's pretty fantasy friendly. I think there'll be some points scored. So that that's my last matchup that I like. I think, do we have any more? Or are we ready to move on to just, start sit? Uh, well, just one more real quick. Miami at Chicago. I think yeah. there's points to be had here, but I can kind of touch on that a little bit more and when we talk about start sit stuff because I actually have some players from this matchup in my suggestions. But Yeah, I think Miami and Chicago is fringe. If, if Chicago continues to pass and play faster, yeah, I think this is a, a very fantasy-friendly matchup. So I think I think that's a good call. I don't think we should spend too much time on it. But yeah, I think that definitely is an opportunity to see some fireworks. So Keegan and I, for the past months, have been trying to come up with some creative segment where we highlight guys we should stream and play. Or, you know, what are the guys that are our play of the week? And, you know, we've been creating and tinkering. We came up with this revolutionary idea. It's where we highlight players at each position that we think should start and then players that we think you should sit. No one's ever done this in <laughs> fantasy football history. We are truly breaking ground on a new way to cover the sport. And um, we are just going to be as basic as possible here. But this is what the people want. I think it's, there's a reason why everyone does this. It makes sense. And again, we want to be wrong, people. We have a whole yeah, entire segment this, that's the on our here. Tuesday podcast called Milk Was a Bad Choice where Keegan and I 
basically emasculate ourselves. I mean, where Keegan and I basically just tear ourselves down off our bad takes. So we need more of these opportunities. We need more data. We 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 need more receipts. So this is our opportunity <laughs> to data. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry, that's my tech brain. We need more data points. Okay. Quickly. Our start sit for week nine. We're gonna go QB wide receiver. We're gonna go QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defense. Rapid fire, baby. Keegan, who's your start of the week at quarterback? My start of the week at quarterback is Justin Fields. I'm going to ride the hot hand over the past okay. three weeks. He is the number two QB in fantasy. Wow. Um, he's got wow. the rushing upside to go with them. They're letting him throw the ball a bit more. And like I just said, I think Miami Chicago actually will be very fantasy friendly. And Miami just let Jared Goff put up 19 fantasy points. So it's crazy let's that see what Justin Fields can do. It's crazy that the Bears, it took them, it took the Bears, what, a year and a half to figure out that Justin Fields is big and strong and can throw the ball, throw the ball real far. Uh, Look at that. He's starting to score some fantasy points. I like this one. My QB start of the week is Jacksonville Jesus himself, Trevor Lawrence. So I think Trevor needs to cut the hair before he becomes a winning quarterback, but I think he can handle business in Jacksonville against the Las Vegas Raiders this week. Currently, the Raiders are giving up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks on the season. They are also the 30th ranked defense in DVOA against passing offenses. This is setting up for a really strong week for the Jaguars. And in particular, the Raiders struggle covering the middle of the field. If we know anything about the Jaguars, they don't really have receivers that went outside. All their receivers went inside. Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk. So I think the Jaguars have an opportunity to take advantage of a terrible uh, terrible Raiders defense. And uh, I think there's an opportunity to get Travis Etienne involved in the air as well, which I think could boost Trevor Lawrence's stats. He's been averaging, what, 17 points per game over his last three. I think it's realistic he can score over 20 in this one. So that's who I'm starting at quarterback. Who are you sitting, Keegan? I am sitting Derek Carr. So I'm going against everything that Sean likes about the... The Jaguars. Vegas Raiders. Yeah. You, yep. This is and good. This is good. You're hedging. You're like, I don't think that, I don't think Derek Carr I just do don't it. think after what I saw last week that there is Oh, come on. That, that was a great. Me. He was awesome. Yeah, how many points? Yeah. How many points did they score last week? Yeah, exactly. Uh, how many? Uh, it was zero. Yeah, yeah. Zero. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jacksonville's actually been pretty good against holding QBs to some pretty low fantasy out points uh, this year. And I just don't think this is a game that, Derek Carr is worthy of a start for you. I just think there's so many better options out there at quarterback. I could see why you're sitting Derek Carr this week. Even though the Jaguars, their defense doesn't necessarily super inspire confidence, but I get it. I'm sitting Matthew Stafford this week. So the Rams can't run the ball. Weirdly enough, the way that you can beat the Buccaneers is you run on them. You get play action going. Typically, we haven't seen that, right? You couldn't run on him, so you were forced to pass on him in years past. This isn't that same Buccaneers defense. And Matthew Stafford and the Rams are not the team from last year. Stafford, at this point in the season, I think had like 20 touchdown passes. Right now, he has seven. He finished with 41 passing touchdowns last year. He's on pace to finish with 17 and like 18 interceptions. It is not good. The Rams are averaging 16 points per game right now. I do not think they win this game, and this season is pretty bleak for them. So I'm, ugh, again, I this like is a, this. I would have had Matt Stafford as a sit, too. I'm, I'm avoiding Stafford. I think there are going to be some games where he could play pretty well, and it could be a decent stream, but I just don't see a world where he is 
awesome this week. Unless they just, unless Kieran Williams is like prime Barry Sanders, I just don't really see a world where this one works. Who are you playing at running back? I'm starting Raheem Mostert this week. Uh, must start? Running backs. Must Raheem start. Must start Raheem baby. must start. Yep. Um, Chicago's been letting some running backs dice them this year. Yeah. Um, there's been seven running backs who've either had over 100 yards or a touchdown against Chicago's defense this year. And they are the 28th team in the league in rush DVOA. So I think this matches up really well um, for Miami's rushing offense in general as a whole. But I think Mostert's been okay in fantasy this year. But I think, you know, he's going to get 15 to 20 touches in this game and he's going to have an opportunity to score. They're going to move the ball pretty easy on Chicago. I think Miami's going to put up a favorable amount of points yeah. in this matchup. Um, so I think Raheem Mostert is a great start here. I like it. He's just been kind of on a tear lately too. Yeah, I think he's been getting over 15 fantasy points like three weeks in a row. So I think this is a great one. I think they're going to lean on the run. I can definitely see Mostert scoring a touchdown. I would get him in your lineup. If, you, if you're like debating between him and say like, Who's a good debate right now? Like, I, I don't, I mean, I, there are a lot of, oh, there's a lot there of, a lot of right so now. you're, yeah, so you're playing, like yeah, you're playing most, you're playing most for sure. Um, running back that I'm picking this week is whoever is going to be the starting running back against the chargers. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking whoever is going to be the running back for the Falcons. I don't, I, I'm leaning towards it being Tyler Algier. I think CPAT might play. Damian Williams might play, but I kind of leaning on CPAT not playing this week. But who knows? He may play and, he, you know, he primarily is going to get receiving work. I don't know if CPAT's going to go back and be the workhorse, especially coming off IR. Who knows? It could be a Gus Edwards situation where he just becomes the <laughs> yeah. workhorse. Um, but I think Tyler Algier, CPAT, Avery Williams, Caleb Huntley, Damian Williams, whoever they're going to throw out there, whoever's going to tote the rock yep, is going to have a good all. game. Start them all. They'll, they'll at least get eight points because donkey Arthur Smith is going to give him the rock. <laughs> I'm sending this man, Arthur Smith, to jail if he turns around and it's like 30-point Kyle Pitts bomb, 30-point Drake London bomb, and I get killed because I recommended a Falcons <laughs> running back. No, I'm kidding. I'd be so just Good for you, Arthur. Uh, I just think the Falcons gonna are going to be able to. Sean. Out of these? Are these running backs or just who am I sitting this week? No, no, no. Like, if you had to pick one of the Falcons once, you, you got to choose. Give me at least two. <laughs> There's four of them. I'm going to so. take Algier and I'm going to take CPAT. Okay, good. good. Yeah. I, I think Algier is a good start this week. It, he looks pretty good. He's been handling lead back duties and, you know, he's had a receiving touchdown last week. I think Algier is worth a start. Remember, this run defense sucks. I am not a believer. Bad. Now they're coming off of a buy, so maybe they get their shit in order, but I, I don't know. I'm not going to bank on it. But Keegan, who are you sitting this week at running back? I am sitting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards-Despair? Yes, <laughs> despair. Coming off okay. the bye week. Um, so prior to the bye week, we got news that Isaiah Pacheco is going to be a starting running back, and that really didn't mean anything. But now that they've had a bye I kind of expect the workload Isaiah Pacheco actually to be more favorable to a starting position. Um, but also, it's like you're playing roulette with a backfield that has Jared McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Isaiah Pacheco, and you don't really know who's going to be the one to get the touchdown um, in any at all situation for them. And Clyde just hasn't been impressive as a runner in general. Um, 
Titans also just haven't allowed a rushing TD since week one. Yeah, they're really so, good. They're a stout defense on the. So I don't see this being a good game for like the Kansas City backfield in general. Yeah, um, obviously Pat Mahomes and all that would be great, but I'm definitely if I'm if I'm rostering Ceh, I'm sitting him this week. I'm with you on that one. The running back I don't want anything to do with this week is Michael Carter. Bills have an incredible rush defense. I'm a little afraid that the Jets are going to not really <laughs> score in this one. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. I think the Jets' defense could do okay, even though it's brutal, right, it playing the Bills. But I think that Michael Carter maybe could meet his projection if he catches five to six passes. You know, he saw seven targets last week, but... I think it's going to be pretty tough. He's going to have to offense. catch like yeah. five to six balls to make this a kick it, game or score like a touchdown. I, I just, I don't see a world where Michael Carter is going to rush over like 50 yards. So I don't know what his prop line is right now, but I'd probably take the under. I'm not super confident in this Jets offense, and I'm especially not confident in their starting running back. But who knows? Who, who, who knows? Maybe he does well in the receiving game. But even if James Robinson starts to get mixed in too, I want nothing to do with this. A 50-50 split against the Bills, I'm good. I'm good. I like that. Yeah. I actually like that. Who are you starting at wide receiver? I'm starting, so no CEH on the sit-up, but I'm starting Juju this week. Consistency. Sure. This is analysis, folks. He tells you <laughs> the Titans are not good at stopping the pass, but they're very good at stopping the run. So here's what Keegan does. Keegan goes, I'm sitting the running back, and I'm playing Juju. I love it. Tell us a little bit more about why you're making this decision. They are, the Titans are 27th first fantasy wide receivers this year, and Juju had two massive weeks before the bye. And he I looks think Pat, awesome. I think Pat Mahomes, you know, should torch the defense. Um, it's going to have to make up for it somewhere. Yeah. I mean, Chiefs are just so good as an offense. And even if they don't have, like, somebody has a huge output in the rushing game, like, their wide receivers are going to get busy against the Titans this week. And I'm picking Juju out of the group to come out of it on top as a star option here. And, you know, like I said, going off those past two weeks, he had, he looked really, really good. I mean, back-to-back 20 fantasy point outings. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him hit that 20-point mark again, or at least close to it. I love this. I think Juju's a great start. Titans are very good at stopping the run. They've created more of a pass funnel. I love Kelsey. Love Juju. I think this is a good opportunity. I think Clyde may hurt you if he gets some work in the receiving game. But I, I think you could even get spicy and see what Tony's up to. <laughs> really playing the Russian roulette. Um, wow. Yeah. The, the running back, I'm, I'm sorry, the wide receiver I'm going with this week is Terry McLaurin. So right now the Vikings are number 22 in pass defense DVOA. They're dead last in DVOA, DVOA against number one wideouts. Right now, Terry McLaurin has a 25% target share with Taylor Heineke. He's been averaging 17 points per game over his last two games. We highlighted why we think this is a great matchup. I think Terry can have a very good game. So I've got Terry McLaurin as my start of the week at wide receiver. Who are you going to sit this week at wide receiver, Sean? Who am I going to sit at wide receiver this week? A guy that I've, a guy that I'm a big fan of, but Tyler Lockett. So, spicy. If, how do you beat this terrible? How do you beat this kind of vulnerable Cardinals defense? So the running backs and tight ends, they're terrible at the second level with their linebackers. Like Isaiah Simmons is is kind of a bust. This tweener dude they've got playing linebacker slash safety. But they've been very stout on the edges with their cornerbacks. 
So right now they're number two in pass DVOA against number one wideouts and number five against uh, wide receiver twos. So the last time these teams matched up, DK Metcalf had five points. Tyler Lockett had three points. We, you know, kind of bet the farm on that game being a fantasy-friendly matchup, and it we wasn't. We liked that matchup. <laughs> and the Seattle defense has been very good. So I don't know if this game has a ton of fireworks. It might be kind of low scoring, and I don't really believe, I don't really think that the Seahawks are going to pass it a ton in this one. And I just think Tyler Lockett, if you can swing it, I'd keep him on your bench this week. I just, it's weird that I'm believing in this Cardinals secondary, but Byron Murphy, and I don't even know who the other corner is, all the advanced metrics say they're doing a good job. So I'm going to be sitting Tyler Lockett this week. It's kind of spicy, but it's not as spicy as as yours. (laughs) I am, I'm going to sit Michael Pittman this week. No way this burns you. No way. No, no way. way this no burns way. <laughs> yeah, no way. No way. But I'm just putting this out there. This is for the sake of content, Sean. This is for the sake of content right here. Do but, it but, Do it for the ratchets and do it for the content, baby. That's, what, that's look, how we do it out here. I just don't think that Sam, it, it's Ellinger, by the I way. I think it is Ellinger. It is Sammy Ellinger. Sammy E, I was <laughs> wrong. You were right. I was like three thoughts. You were right. Yeah, yeah, you were right. Okay. It's, uh, so Sammy, Sammy e. e, I just don't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. You, baby. <laughs> I just don't trust him to move this pass attack along. Um, and the Patriots are extremely well coached. I think we all know that. Really? At Who's their point. coach? Who's their coach? Oh, they got um, also, we had another Bill Belichick presser this week talking about, I think, how good they were on special teams or something like that. So Patriots should roll the Colts. Absolutely. Every time he hypes up a team, but I don't trust Ellinger. Um, I think they should scheme the best players out of this game, give the Patriots a better like position to win this. Um, so I think they definitely try and scheme Pittman out. And he's obviously the number one option there. And this is a lot of people's like one or two wide receiver on their team. So when they hear this, I'm sure I'm going to catch a lot of flack, but I just don't think this is the week that Pittman can get to the points you want out of him. It's not that great of a matchup. And his quarterback is, is uh, I don't know. I'm not that big of a believer quite yet. And and honestly, if this was Matt Ryan starting, I would not be saying this. Like, I just don't think Sam Ellinger has what it takes to, like, move past somebody like Bill Belichick and, like, how this team is coached. Well, it kind of seems like they want to play slow and kind of ground it out and, you know, maybe get Neon Jacks. Yeah, this is kind of gnarly. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> the Colts yeah. offense kind of stinks right now. I think you're getting in front of it early. I don't hate it. Who are you starting at tight end this week? We, yeah, this one's not going to burn me either. Um, I'm starting Kyle Pitts. Let's go! Sean. Let's go! Oh. 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 We are back. No way we get hurt. No, no, no way, way we get hurt. Oh my gosh. My hopes are so high for what Kyle Pitts can be once again, Sean. And I'm absolutely starting Kyle Pitts. All the things I talked about in that matchup, um, there is a 49 and a half game total projected by Vegas. Points will be scored. Justin Herbert will get a lead, and the Falcons will have to play catch up, and they're going to have to feature their best players. We're going to reference the Arthur think. Smith That's chart. That's what you think. That's I'm, what I'm you going think. to reference the Arthur Smith chart because I don't think the Falcons win this game, but I think they keep it close, and I think Kyle Pitts is heavily involved. I'm thinking like six for like 86 and a touchdown. 
I'm just speaking it into existence. I love Kyle Pitts this week, Sean. Somebody hosed me down. Somebody hosed me down. I've been drinking <laughs> the Pitts Kool-Aid, baby. We are back in the saddle. No way we get hurt or send Arthur Smith to jail again. Uh, who am I starting this week at tight end? I'm starting Evan Ingram. He's been pretty solid throughout the season. He's gone over double digits in his past two games. I think Trevor Lawrence has a great game. I'm not a believer in this Raiders defense. They get beat over the middle of the field. I think that Evan Ingram is a great streaming option. If you've got George Kittle on a bye, I think you should definitely roll with Evan Ingram. That's where I'm at. Or, you know, Dalt Schultz is on a bye too. Definitely think Evan Ingram's worth an ad. Who are you sitting this week inside? I'm going to sit TJ Hawkinson. And I know this is probably a lot of people's tight end ones on their team. Most people don't carry two tight ends, but I just don't see a world where he gets traded and gets into the offense and slides in and has an immediate impact. Uh, there's a lot of weapons to be fed in the Vikings offense now, especially with TJ Hawkinson. I think it actually not hurts his value totally, but especially for the first week after trade, um, I'd probably avoid playing the hot daddy this week. Yeah, uh, it makes sense. I'm going to be benching. Tight end one from last week, Tyler Conklin. I want nothing here's, to do with this here's Jets. I want Just nothing to do with this Jets. All the Jets I want, players this week. Want nothing to do with this Jets offense against the Bills. Um, yeah, because Michael Carter and Conklin are playable. They're playable pieces, right, week to week. But I, I, this is a stay away. No thanks. You know, he finished with 26 fantasy points last week. He's tight end eight on the season. I'm good. I, I'm, I'm good off Conklin. I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm fine. I'm not running that risk. Who are you playing on playing a defense this week? Rapid fire defense. I'm starting the Patriots because I don't trust Sammy E. And the Colts have a league high 16 giveaways this year. Sam Erlinger is a QB. Erlinger. That's that's, that's my point. Yeah, I'm gonna say it wrong every time. Ellinger. Erlinger. Ellinger. E. Uh, the e. <laughs> e. Uh, and Billy B feasts on young QBs. I'm gonna sit the Rams defense this week. Um, I'll take Tommy B against the Rams, yeah. and that's really underperformed fantasy wise this year. I don't think they're going to have a huge opportunity to create turnovers, and Tampa Bay's not giving up a ton of sacks either. So that does not equate to a good fantasy defense output, Sean. Okay. I like the Bengals this week. P.J. Walker's been awesome. He's been kind of the story the past two weeks. I don't know. Yeah, just the slipper fit. <laughs> it's the Cinderella story <laughs> over. I think he's he's a good player. But, you know, I mean, they, the Bengals did just lose uh, Awuzie, their, their top cornerback, towards ACL. But I don't think Dante Foreman is going to be rushing for over 130 yards against this Bengals front seven, which could force P.J. Walker to throw the rock more. So, I If he gets exactly 118 yards again, we're in a simulation. We are. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that the Panthers are going to be bad and... You know, the Bengals score 20 points. I just think the Bengals are safe to get like eight fantasy points this week. But pay the Panthers. And, uh, you know, I think it's defense number six on the season, the New York Jets, not playing against the Bell. Wow. You're Sean, on you the bench. just gone through the entire Jets roster no, for your well, sit section this no, week. No, no, I'm not. I'm not even talking about Zachy boy. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm good. I think Garrett Wilson could be okay in this one, but I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good off the Jets players this week. But enough about guys we want to sit. It's time. Our perfect lineup predictions. So, Keegan, we tied last week. Typically, I let you go first, but eat shit. I'm going to go first this week. Let's hear it. At quarterback one, I have Patrick Mahomes. 
At running back one, I have Austin Eckler. Running back two, I have Aaron Jones. Wide receiver one, Tyreek Hill. Wide receiver two, ARSB. And my first flex, I got Christian Kirk. Spicy. Spicy. My spicy. second flex, I got I Chris, love this one. Chris Godwin. Feeling real spicy with that one. Tight ends, chalk as chalk can be. I got Travis Kelsey, even though Dallas Goddard's probably going to take that one. Um, I got Any the, guesses on who your defense will be this week? Bill's defense. Sorry, <laughs> Zach. I'm not a believer. And I think Young Way Koo is back in the saddle as kicker one. We've missed you, Young Way. I think this is a great opportunity for him to kick some field goals. Chargers Falcons. It's going to be iconic field goal game. Okay. All right. Let's go quickly through my perfect lineup of the week, Sean. At QB, I have Justin Herbert. It's time for him to sling the rock, baby. Okay. Um, RB1, I've got Alvin Kamara. Okay. RB2. Dude, I wanted to do ETN. RB2, Travis ETN. Uh, I wanted week. to do it. I wanted to do it. Good for you. Explosion week coming for him. Uh, wide receiver one, Justin Jefferson. This is, he needs to get in the end zone, but this is coming. Uh, wide receiver two. I also have Tyree Kill on my list. Okay. Um, my flex, my first flex, and I'm going back to the well here. T Higgins. I think they get a little right this this week against get Carolina. right game. They were so bad against Cleveland. They they got to beat up on the Panthers. Um, in my second flex, I have Chris Olave again. I think this is going to be a big Olave game. And they Dalton's been great for Kamara and Chris Olave this week. So I'm going wow, two so Saints players in here. Points. Wow. Two Saints players here. Uh, tight end, obviously. I'm riding Kyle Pitts. Um, defense, I'm riding the Pats against E. And then my kicker, Justin Tucker. Good for you. Good for you. There's no way we're going to get anything wrong. So, <laughs> Hey, less chalk this time. I'm just trying to feel it out. Chalk was hurting me. Uh, chalk, chalk, you know, there's some obvious ones. There's some obvious chalk ones, but I, I think this is good. And... um We'll see. Again, for anyone that's still with us this far in the podcast, <laughs> um, we go over our perfect lineup predictions on Tuesday nights. We have a little game from it. See who wins, see who loses. Keegan is 1-0-1 against me so far this season. But thank I you, Keegan, for joining. This was a great Thursday night with you. Interior decorating, looking sharp. Excited to have you on on Tuesday, man. Go Jets, go Niners. Uh, who else are we? Who else are we? Go Kyle Pitts. Go Kyle Pitts. Go, the, go Kyle Pitts and go football. I cannot wait for our first line in the next episode to be Kyle Pitts versus <laughs> oh, Prison will be for us. We will be going to fantasy jail and spending time there if Kyle uh, Pitts doesn't do well. But thank you, everybody, for joining episode 20. We have done it. A huge milestone for this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate the support.